Are you ready? Hey, think you can tell us what to do? You think you can tell us what to wear? You think that you're better? Well, you better get ready. Bow to the masters. Hello and welcome to another edition of Wrestling Week in Review aka WWIR and yeah this is the second edition and I'm Nate and I'm joined here with Lind and uh, yeah we're going to recap straight away with um, last week's pay-per-view which is No Way Out well first match of the pay-per-view was Brodus Clay versus David Otunga uh, Clay comes out still selling the knee injury and then Otunga comes out next and then um, Otunga comes in and hits Clay on the knee really hard. Clay tries to fight back, but Otunga simply bails out of the ring and walks around until he's counted out. So Clay wins by count out. Yeah. Um, yeah, they're still selling that injury and they're still selling that um, feud. Uh, moving on. Moving on. The next match is... Da-da-da-da-da-da. Right. Go. It's computer. Uh, the world title match, Sheamus versus Dolph Ziggler. Yeah, that was a good match. Um, I liked it. I knew yeah. Dolph Ziggler wouldn't go over. And if you listened to our first show where we talked about our picks, um, you did hear our views on it. Uh, it's just not his time yet. But it's coming. I know it is. So uh, we'll go to the next one. The next match was... Was Santino Morello versus Ricardo Rodriguez in a non-title tuxedo match? I, I didn't really like this match. Yeah, I said the next match, not the next um, segment. Uh, Santino Morello won that one anyway. Yeah. Okay. Um, next. The next one was the Intercontinental title, Cody Rhodes versus Christian. Yeah, uh, this is very good because both these guys, in my view, will probably be eligible for um, the next pay-per-view, Money in the Bank. And um, I think Cody Rhodes may be coined to win that one. I'm not too sure. I'm quite um, happy in not knowing where I think that one is going, and that's that's a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, we had Christian going over there, did we? Yes, Christian won that in the end. Okay. Um, he, hit, he hit the spear, and voila, he picks up the win. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Okay. Um. So what was our next match? The next match? Yeah. Was the tag team title for the number one contender match, Primo and Epico versus Primetime Players versus the Uso Brothers versus Justin Gabriel and Tyson Kidd. Okay, yeah, this match wasn't... Um, Advertise. It's one of those matches they just put together at the pay-per-view. Yeah. I'm not very fond of them. Sometimes I am. If they've got enough matches on the card that you buy the pay-per-view for and you get this match as a bonus, um, it's good. But when they're making too many matches like this in a pay-per-view, obviously, um, in my view, I think they're in a lot of trouble. Mm. 
But I did like the match because I think this is going somewhere. When you have, um, I think, AW, he crossed yeah. over and joined the primetime uh, players. And, uh, yeah, it's good. I foresee them getting the belts mm. and all the other babyface tag teams chasing them. Which yeah, because a... they're not they're not really on a show, are they? Sort of, they sort of came from NXT, and now they're basically now they're on Raw, aren't they? Uh, no, no, they came to SmackDown first. Oh, okay, yep. Yeah, and uh, which is a good idea. They're, they're still relatively unknown, but the thing I like about them, they're a heel tag team, and if you give these guys the belts, yeah, I'm not I'm not that upset considering how the tag team division is at the moment. Mm-hmm. I think they could revive it. I think it will yep. be a good idea to have these guys um, strap the belts around them and have all the babyface teams chase them. Excellent. Um, what, yep. What's our next um, match? The next match was the Divas title match, Layla versus Beth Phoenix. Yeah, that's right. Um, I'm very sad about the Divas because I tell you right now, the been pushed back to nearly nothing. Um, nobody really cares about them, and you know it's entirely not their fault. No. Um, the they w. Don't, yeah. They don't give them enough airtime on TV. To be honest, they've always got AJ, the AJ and Kane things taken over now, because she's mainly the only diva that's on the TV now, isn't there? Well, yeah, you know, and that's a lot to do with. Um, what WWE seem to be gearing their programming towards. And um, if they expect to put a Divas match on and Mm. want people to get into it, then they should really be doing the groundwork and promoting them. Yes. You know, and I'm fairly upset about this because not only am I a fan of um, Layla, but the fact of the matter is the Divas division, in the WWE at least, is really a joke. Yeah. Uh, it's a sad thing. But, yeah, we'll move on. Yeah. Okay, the next match was Hunako versus Kara. This was also another match that they didn't advertise. Yeah. Um, you know, there's not a lot of guys that can work with Sinkara. Yeah. Yeah, there's that uh, language barrier and her style. Mm. You know, um, he's not as fluent as maybe uh, Mysterio, but, you know, he'll get there and um, he'll be able to work with a lot of other guys and we'll see some great matches out of him. I would actually like to see Sin Cara versus Rey Mysterio, seeing who'd win that. They're both good wrestlers, yeah. Yeah, um, they're both face. Um, Yeah, we can see that. Mm. at the moment, Hunako and um, what's his sidekick there? Um, they ride the bikes around. Yeah. Absolutely going nowhere with that gimmick. I mean, he's reduced to being used as a sparring partner. Mm. Okay, we'll move on from that match. The next match was the WWE title match, CM Punk versus Daniel Bryan versus Kane. Yeah, I remember last week in my picks, if you go through the archives of our picks, I had picked um, CM Punk, I believe, Mm -hmm. to win. But I had him pinning um, Daniel Bryan, which which of course didn't happen. Uh, He pinned Kane, didn't he? Yeah. 
well, you know, I lost out in that favour. But um, who did you pick last week? I'm pretty sure picked, you had Kane. I picked, no, I picked Daniel Bryan to win. Because oh, yeah. I thought AJ was going to come out and, you know, help Daniel Bryan. But obviously that wasn't the case. Yeah, she did come out. Um, yes, she got up onto the ring apron and then Punk hit Kane back into the ring, the ropes. She fell off, Kane looked back, and that's when Punk got the win. That's right. She got bumped straight away. Yeah. Good, good timing for an AJ. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, um, what was our next? There was uh, Ryback versus Dan Delaney and Rob Grimes. Uh, really? You know their names? Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, these squash matches, uh, whatever you want to call them, um, what's his name? Ryberg or whatever. I don't know. Oh Ryback. yeah, Ryback. Sorry, Ryback. Um, yeah, he he's a good. I reckon he's good. I I like the look. I like uh, where they're going with this guy. Um, obviously, I'm going to talk more about him further on down the track because there's yeah. two more shows he's on. So we'll move along quickly. Um, he's showcasing. That's what that is, folks. Yeah. Okay. okay. What's our next match? It was a steel cage match, John Cena versus the Big Show. Yeah, I think I picked this right too. Yeah, and whoever won, well, who, if Big Show lost, uh, Vince McMahon would fire John Laurinaitis the next night on Raw. Yeah, that's right. But he did it a bit earlier. Mm. You know, I picked to win was, uh, I think I remember Cena yeah. um, climbing over. But that was only due to the fact we coined the finish that the big show would somehow hit Cena and knock him out of the ring somehow. Yeah, yeah. I think I remember with Rod last week when we were doing our picks. Um, I think that's how I picked it. Yeah. And that would be the only way I thought you could make uh, the big show look really strong. Mm. But they went another route. They had Brodus Clay come out. Yes, they did, and... Kofi Kingston came out as well, and some other superstars came out. Zack Ryder came out, Alex Riley, Santino, yes. which have always had they've had a beef with the big show. Yes, they have. Yeah. Um, but, you know, that was a good idea because you still kept the big show strong. Mm. Even though he lost the match, he was kept from winning the match because he had interference. Yeah. You know, so that's a good idea still. Not really um, the result that we were going for. Well, it was for me when I made my picks, John Cena. He ended mm. up climbing out of the ring, just like I said. Yeah. But it didn't happen the way that I wanted to. Well, not no. wanted to. It didn't happen the way that I said, I should say. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, we're going on from there. We'll move on from that very quickly. And is that the end of the pay-per-view? That's the end of the pay-per-view. Yeah. But what we should say, Vince McMahon fired John Laurinaitis while John Cena had him on his shoulders and he delivered the AA onto their Spanish announce table just um, after that. Uh, no, before that, sorry, Vince McMahon said, you're fired to John Laurinaitis. Or what we want to say is that none of this really matters because at the end of the day, these pay-per-views are getting... Less and less remembered, you know. It's hard yeah. for me to remember them. You know, it's like a roar now. Yeah. You know, I 
I don't remember them. They're not rememberable. They don't show anything that you could say, well, yeah, that was a good match or yeah, that yeah. happened. Um, I actually I actually found that this pay-per-view was actually quite boring. I actually preferred the TNA pay-per-view the week before. Yes, that was great. That was a good one. And we did cover that one as well, didn't we? Yes, we did. Okay, we'll move on from here. I know there was a lot of other things we missed that happened in here, but we're going to talk about that on Raw, and I'll tell you why in a few moments. Yeah. Okay, well, so what did you think of that overall? The pay-per-view, I didn't... It was okay, but that could have been just like if I didn't know it was a pay-per-view I would have thought it was a Raw that we were watching a three-hour episode of Raw I know I've heard a lot of people think um well actually being asked what is the biggest waste of money they've ever had yeah and a lot of people are thinking WWE pay-per-views hmm you know that's not good but anyway we've got lots to get through so why don't we carry on with the next part We'll go to the Raw. Okay, yeah, to the Raw. And now that's becoming more and more, um, or should I say, less and less memorable. Yeah. When well, are they putting the three-hour shows on after the thousandth episode in a few weeks? Yeah. And I can tell you right now, without shows like this one, you ain't going to get through remembering what happened the week before. Yeah, because people are going to turn off. <laughs> And I think a good idea is you should be coming here to listen to what you forgot last week. And thank goodness there are wrestling radio shows out there that cover this sort of thing. Exactly. Yeah. So let's move on to Raw. How did we open? We opened with the uh, Mick Foley as the guest general manager for this week's war. And... Yep. Yes, that's right. He came on um, right here from Long Island. <laughs> He's good. Mick Foley is excellent. I thought they'd have a different role for him. Well, he was the obvious choice. You know, yeah. Anybody, you know, he lives 10 minutes from here. Yeah, he's a he's a New York, um, yeah. New York kind of guy. Kind of guy. He lives here. And um, the thing about it was, he had, he didn't play a big role in this. No, I thought he would have. Yeah, he come out a few times. He didn't come out that many times. Anyway, he opens out with some important information. He talks about that they will be showcasing um, former general managers of Raw and SmackDown. Yes. And uh, he also included a few names. Of course, we already know who this week's is. Uh, coming, which is Vicky Guerrero. Yes. Yeah, and um, there were others that he named, including um, the anonymous raw manager. The so, computer. The computer, yes. Sorry. Yes. Um, so um, he or she might make an appearance soon. I'd like to actually know who it was behind that computer. Uh, I don't think they're never going to let you. It's like a prop in the game. It's something you can always keep playing and you don't ever have to have any kind of um, commitment to show you who it is. Yeah. Yeah, you can always keep playing that card unless they come to a crossroad where it's necessary. But I can tell you right now, they can keep that one in the bag for a very, very long time and just keep playing it as it is. Yeah, well, for all we know, it could have been uh, Michael Cole. Because he always used to answer the 
emails, didn't he? He is nobody, okay? <laughs> he he just sits there and talks smack about anybody that's worth a damn and backs anybody that isn't. He's actually a, a pretty good turncoat, though, isn't he? Well, sometimes. I thought he would turn on a few guys here, and I'll tell you later as we go along. Yeah. But we'll shift along out of that. That was Mick's opening news. Yeah. It was a, next, there was an in-ring seg- segment with Mick Foley and John Laurinaitis. Oh, that's right. Yeah. John Laurinaitis had to came, come in, and he had to talk about um, what happened the night before. He also had some information, didn't he? Yes, he did. And what was that? That um, before he he was going to sign off, he made a match for that night. Yeah, he did. He made a match for that evening where him, the big show... And Otunga. We're going to go in a three-way match, I'll say three-on-one, against John Cena. Yeah. So um, that's his last goodbye. He made that match before he was fired, didn't he? Yes, he did. Okay, um, we'll move on for the next segment. Um, where do we go to now? Oh, yeah, CM Punk and Sheamus versus Daniel Bryan and Kane. This was quite a weird match. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Um, it's it's sort of like I'll tell you. Actually, I'll tell you what I left in the last segment. I left in the last segment that I would explain why we didn't say a few things but uh it's getting that way it used to be back in the day when you brought a pay-per-view you would see on the next night on raw you would see a few things you know that may have happened yeah but but you wouldn't get everything you know you might see um still pictures they still do that now Mm. of uh what happened the night before on a pay-per-view and um, you might see some of those same stars come out mm. and have a match, a variation of the same match, or maybe, you know, not related, but sort of the same um, line that the pay-per-view was, you know. Yeah. And to me, it's getting to an era where you can just about get away, and, I'm not, and I don't encourage this, you can just about get away with not even watching a pay-per-view. Yeah, because you'll know what happens the next night on Raw. Well, not only that, you actually get a taste of the pay-per-view or there and of just about what happened. Mm. Yeah, so uh, we'll move along to um, the finish of this match. I think that's what we need to hear. But the weird thing is, AJ comes out wearing a Kane mask. Yes, sorry. And it distracts Kane, and Kane's like, what the fuck? Yeah, and uh, you know, last week um, I also mentioned what was the reason that she was in there for? She was in there to distract. Um, was it Daniel Bryan? No, I said she was there for Kane, and I said that's the only reason Kane is in this. Yeah. You remember that? Oh yes, yes. If anyone checks out the archive, you will hear me talk about this. And yeah, it's heading exactly that way. Um. Any updates on that storyline? I couldn't tell you because all I see for the moment, um, she yes, she is distracting Kane, but she's still playing around with the other two. Yeah. So um, this is far from over. 
this is going to carry on for a little bit longer, and I think it will pan out maybe. Summer Slam. In, well, no, earlier. I'd say earlier. We've got uh, Money in the Bank. Yeah. But I think it will go into a singles match with either either. I don't think we'll see another triple three. No. Um, but, yeah, we'll, we'll carry on there with that match. Yeah. Okay. Uh, next, there was a backstage segment with uh, Dolph Ziggler, Jack Swagger, and Vicky Guerrero. Yeah. Dolph and, yeah, Dolph and Swagger were arguing, and he says that Swagger was saying that uh, he was W champion longer than Ziggler was. Which is true. Yeah. Then Ziggler says uh, Swagger is riding his coattails. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this guy here, he's ready to break away. I didn't know that they're going to keep him with Vicky. But... Yeah, I, I would have thought um, that he would have got out from Vicky. Because the funny thing is, I didn't know Dolph Ziggler was in the Spirit Squad. And that right there... Is the, <laughs> is the only reason why they drag this out. Because people do not have short memories like you and I, Lins. Yes. We can remember these things. And imagine, imagine if he had got his lucky break and he had become maybe the champion, WWE champion. Hmm. And all of a sudden in the crowd, because they were made to wait so long, because we the fans were made to wait so long, you can hear it. Yeah. Spirit Squad, Spirit Squad, Spirit <laughs> Squad. You know, the WWE need to be careful. I know they held them off for the longest time, yeah, trying to make us forget things like that. But, you know, with shows like this and people like us, we don't forget anything. No. And we sure as hell don't forget the fact that Dolph Ziggler was ready for a push long ago. Not when the WWE says so, when the fans want it. Mm. So how should we pay them back? Spirit Squad. Spirit. No, I'm serious. Anybody hearing this show? Spread the word. That's how we want it. Okay, let's move on to the next bit. And that would go into the match, wouldn't it? That would tie straight yeah. into the match. Then Vicky Guerrero comes up and um, she's like, excuse me. And then she's, she's saying she's tired. Did you say that well? What? Excuse me. Yeah, I think you are who are you? I'm getting annoyed right now, actually. I think. Excuse me. Yeah, I'm annoyed. <laughs> she yeah. said it's time to make their choice on who deserves her attention, either Ziggler or Swagger, and that goes into a match, which will, which we will um, bring up later. But whoever wins that, whoever wins that, stays with Vicky and loses, goes their own separate way. Yeah. Well, you win, but then you lose, don't you? When you when you really think about it. <laughs> Anyway, um, what was the next part? What happened next on Raw? Uh, there was another backstage segment with John Laurinaitis, David Otunga, and The Big Show. The Big Show? Mm-hmm. Wow. Yes, I remember that. Only just. Mm-hmm. With my incredible memory, we had The Big Show, Otunga, and... Um, Johnny. And they were in a backstage segment... And they were talking about actually Johnny was the one that was boasting about his brilliant um, last action as mm. general raw manager. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, what did the show? What did show do? 
uh, show enters and he asks what's so funny and then Johnny says what's funny is how tonight is going to be the end so Cena can't beat him one on one let alone in a handicap match with all three of them and yeah you know I like the way show's going you know mm. I thought that he'd fall flat but to me he still hasn't yeah yeah he's very much the opportunist which is the way it should be if I'm yeah. that, if I'm that big and I'm that mean, and I have all that arsenal, mm. why the hell should I take seconds? Yeah. You know? Why should I be taking seconds? I'm there for me to put myself out there. By the way, I actually noticed his um, attire. I like it, the WMD. Yeah. You know, I know he's had it for a while, but I like the hat, and I like the shirt. Yeah, I like the shirt. Yeah, I might yeah. actually go and buy it. The only reason I like it, i tell you why, because it's got a big... Um, Nuclear sign on the back of it. Yeah. Yeah. That sort of thing to me is gold. I like to be able to um, display things like that. Not that I'm affiliated with such, you know, nonsense. But, I mean, you know, when you've got shirts like that out there and you've got weapons of mass destruction, you know, and you've yeah. got the show. Yeah. The whole gimmick, the whole thing is excellent. It's working out properly now. You know, as opposed to him when he had it, when he was the big friendly giant. Yeah. You know, it wasn't believable enough. But now, as he is with his persona, I think it works out fine. Yeah, because so, they need a big angry giant there, don't they? Well, you know, like I said, he's got to be there for something, and he's there mm. for his own props and what he can get for himself. Yeah. Okay. Reminds me reminds me a bit of um, Andre, because he was a heel, wasn't he, Andre, or was he a face? Well, he was both, but the thing is, the sheer bigness of that guy, and for that era, yeah. he sold well, which is how a giant should be sold, mm. you know? The, yeah. the guy is is that large, he's larger than life, so that sells him automatically, How whatever he does, mm-hmm. which is how a show should have been. Yeah. They did everything except for dress him up in drag, you know? I don't think so, I don't remember. But maybe they have, but, you know, they've done everything to this guy. Oh, yes, they put him in a, um, a sumo match. Yeah, but he wasn't dressed in drag. No, he was just dressed with a thing between his legs. Yeah. Anyway, what's our next bit? Uh, well, anyway, Otunga says he's in a bad mood, and Johnny closes in by saying tonight John Cena is going to get his. Ah, uh, yes. With that infamous smile. Yes. Yeah. Well, what's next? Uh, the Jack Swagger vs. Dolph Ziggler match. Yeah, I saw that. Um, you know, that match there was okay. You know, it, it wasn't mm. great. And Ziggler did a Ric Flair-like strut and everyone in the arena was going, Woo! Yeah. Yeah. So what I'm thinking is when Ric Flair comes back, he'll probably want to manage Dolph Ziggler. Well, you know, there's another show we don't mention on here. Um, I've watched it. I actually caught it this week, and it was um, Next. Oh, yes. And it had uh, JR, um, opened with JR, and it also... Oh, yes, yes. And it opened with um, Dusty Rhodes. Yep. And what they're doing with that show, they're giving the legends on there to usher in you guys. Well, that's a good idea. Yeah, and third-generation uh, wrestlers also I saw there. Um, yeah. You know, and 
maybe Flea might tune up the office. We don't know. Absolutely, mm. he can come on prime time TV. Yeah. On either show, we know this. But where is not he? He can do well, anything he wants. He's got that kind of rub where he can make anybody look good. You know, he mm. can he can literally take his robe and put it around anybody. Doesn't have to be Ziggler. Yeah. Could be anybody that he chooses. Mm-hmm. And that is your next nature boy. Okay, well... He actually ha- does look a bit like the nature boy, doesn't he? With that tan and the blonde hair and, you know. You never know, in a couple of months we might see him coming out with a robe on him. Or Kenny. With his buddy Kenny. He might come out with his buddy Kenny. Oh, Kenny, yeah. Yeah, next, next, anyway. What's next? Uh, yeah, well, anyway, that happened as... Uh, where are we? da 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 uh, Yeah, he does a Ric Flair strut. And out of nowhere, Ziggler seems to hurt his knee. And then Swagger immediately goes to work on the injured knee. Uh, and then Swagger works over his bum knee. Out of nowhere, however, Ziggler manages to hit the zigzag on Swagger and he pins him for the victory. So, in other words, Swagger's out of Vicky's, Vicky's little circle. So the stable consists of... Ziggler and Vicky Guerrero. Okay. Excuse me. Yeah, 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 I got that the first few times you did it. Um, So, yeah, moving on. Um, It's a tough break for Jack, but then, you know, I wouldn't want Jack in this group if he wasn't absolutely being used to his full extent. Yeah, I think he has more potential now. Yeah, all on his own he'd be better. Yeah. You know, it wouldn't surprise me, and I'm not saying this because I'm a big fan of his, and and I am, by the way, Mm. if he got his hands on gold before Ziggler. Yes, I wouldn't be surprised either. It would be amusing to me, and if anybody in creative or whatever is listening to this show, um, sorry for spoiling your plans. You can still go ahead with them. You know, because I, I would still watch it. But, I mean, in reality, what are you going to do with Swagger? You can't leave him cold because he's one of those guys you need to keep on the roster in that position, strong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, he he's one of those guys um, you use to get by me sort of thing. People don't really see the value in him because um, he's been used lately as uh, in the job squad. Actually, the both of them have been used for the job squad. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, all the best for Jack Swagger, the yep. all-American American. American, that's yeah. the one. Um, so what's next? Uh, backstage, we go backstage, and then uh, we see a limo pull up, but we don't know who's in it. Lawler mentions that Glesner will respond to Trish's charge to a match at SummerSlam. Um, to who, sorry? Uh, Brock Lesnar will respond to Triple H's challenge to a match at SummerSlam. Ah, that's right. And this is another reason, um, and no way out, I didn't mention the fact that um, Triple H came out to the pay-per-view and said his piece. Yes, he did, yes. Yeah, the only reason I didn't mention it is because you get it all here free, folks. Yes, on Raw. Exactly. (laughs) Okay, let's let's carry on. Uh, Brock Lesnar's music hits. And everyone seems to think it's going to be Brock Lesnar comes out. No, it's his little sidekick, Paul Heyman, comes out. And he heads to the ring. Paul Heyman? Heyman. Yeah. Yes. Paul he's Heyman. great. He gets on the mic. He's actually pretty good with the mic, Paul Heyman is. 
Paul Heyman is multi-talented, and I'll tell you why. Paul Heyman can play to both fans. Yeah. He'll play to the fans in the audience that watches wrestling for what it is. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, he's playing to all those fans that dig around for dirt on wrestling. Yeah. And come and listen to shows like this, by the way. Yeah. Yeah, those are the sort of fans he talks to. You can hear that in his promo. At the same time, if you don't hear that, you're obviously the other fan that watches wrestling for what it is. Yeah. And he's talking to you as well. So, you know, he's quite clever in the way he operates. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, in that promo, I absolutely loved it. It was great. Yeah, it was. And um, let's see how that promo went anyway. So why don't you carry on? Okay. Uh, he's saying that Triple H usually caters... No, sorry. Everyone usually caters to Triple H's every wind. Yeah. But he's not one of them, yeah. His, his every whim, that's right. Yeah. And, um, well, in a sense, that's pretty much true. Imagine when uh, Vince is no more. Um, mm. We can only think that that's where the company is going. I'm not saying that's where it is. Yeah, I actually heard when um, Vince McMahon goes... That Triple H and Stephanie will be taking over. I'm not sure where his son Shane is. Uh, Shane has gone on his own. So he's not with the wrestling company anymore? No. It's a shame because I think that he would be um, a good role in this. But however, things have not worked in his favour. We're not going to get into that on this show, by the way. We may do future episodes where we might have to touch on this or Mm. other shows on this uh, network, but at the moment, we're just going to cover where it's at, and where's it at right now? Uh, So basically, um, Paul Heyman, he's got an answer for Triple H, and it's no for him and Lesnar at SummerSlam, and Heyman thanks everyone for their time and goes to leave, but before he can, Triple H's music hits, and he comes out. Yeah. The big bad bear comes out, and what happens when he gets in the ring? Well... Triple H notices that they're not in a bingo hall tonight, and he calls <laughs> and he calls Heyman a habitable liar. That that bit was funny. Yeah. See, that's where I mean he plays with uh, two. It's habitual, by the way, where he oh, plays okay. to two um, fans. He plays to the fans in the audience. Yeah. And he plays to the fans at home, like you and me, that are covering shows like that. Yeah. And what he means is you're not in the ECW arena, which has consisted of a high school gymnasium. Yeah. You know. Um, but, yeah, I found that a bit funny. Something to mention anyway, something to think about uh, if if you did catch that in the promo. Uh, mm-hmm. What was the next bit? Um, he says that, uh, yeah, he doesn't want to fight him. He says he'll only listen to one guy, and that's Brock Lesnar. He wants Rock to hear it from Lesnar. Sorry, yeah. I can't say it. But yeah. He wants to hear it from Lesnar's um mouth himself to give Lesnar the match at um SummerSlam. And he wants the star and what it's all about. He knows Heyman Oh, he shows Heyman a SummerSlam poster. Yeah, that's with, right. Uh Brock Lesnar on the cover and I've actually seen this cover and it's actually a really good picture of Brock Lesnar. Yeah, well, you know, I liked the, um, I think it was um, Here Comes the Pain, the yeah. PS2 video game. 
Oh, yes, yes. Yes, That's similar sort of picture. Yeah, it looks like it, yeah. Yeah, and which was a very good video game, by the way. Yeah. I mean, they went downhill from there upwards. Um, they literally did. Um, and um, what happened next? Yeah, uh, Heyman says um, Brock has no ego, and then Triple H comes out and says uh, Brock doesn't want to make money sitting in court. He says if Brock doesn't want to fight him, he'll go down in history as the man afraid to fight Triple H. Yeah, that's right too. But I don't know. It takes a twist here for the wrong, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. It does. Um, if you carry on with the end of the segment, and I'll tell you why in a moment. Okay. Uh, Heyman tells Triple H that he's good. He really is that damn good. Heyman tells Triple H to quit pretending to be an ass kicker. Like he used to be. He asked Triple H if going to hit him, if he's going to hit him now. Heyman sticks his chin out and dares Triple H to hit him. Heyman goes to leave but makes a little comment about Stephanie. Now that's when um, it all fired up for Triple H then and there. Yeah, it when did. When he said something about his wife. It did, but um, missing in part of that promo, and I'm sorry if you're still to say it, he did say the wrestler. You noticed that? Yeah. He emphasised the wrestler. You know, the wrestler Triple H is no more. Now, that to me is almost another dig at the UFC. Yeah. You know, because um, in this arena, the wrestler gets over. Yeah. And not the fighter. No, the wrestler. Yeah. Um, yes, carry on with the rest of that, uh, what you were saying. And then um, after um, Heyman says something about Stephanie, Triple H grabs Heyman around the neck, and Heyman tells him to do it, do it, but Triple H won't go through with it and lets Heyman go. Yeah. He does, but then what does Heyman do to sell once more to both the fans and the people at home and listening to this radio show? Heyman, Heyman said he knew Triple H wouldn't do it, he says he knows everything Triple H will do before he does it. Triple H ends up decking him anyways. He asks Heyman if he saw that coming. He tells Heyman to tell Lesnar he'll see him at SummerSlam. Yes. And Heyman, once again, sold for us, for you and me, people, for those listening to this radio show. He sold for us. He said he knew that he wouldn't do it, knowing all along that we at home knew that he would. And those in the crowd were saying, wow, is he going to do it? Isn't he? Is And he did it. Mm. But to me, I think that's the wrong route. What do you do with a caged monkey? You know, gorilla, I should say. Not a monkey. Monkeys are cool. You know, funky like a monkey. I'm talking about a gorilla. You know, very angry. What do you do? Do you prod it with a stick? You know, like Heyman was doing. Mm. So maybe you can look at us from both ends. Maybe Heyman does want this to go through. Yeah. Or maybe he might want to walk out as the next Raw general manager. We don't know. No, we don't know. We, we don't know what Heyman wants. Mm -mm. So he's ready to lay down and get beat up, knowing all along to us fans at home that he was getting that way. Mm. But at the same time, it leaves the storyline open to, is that immature of Triple H to do that? 
Or is that the only way that he can get at Brock Lesnar by playing with his ego? Mm. You know, by saying that Brock Lesnar does have this huge ego. And to be honest, I don't know which is bigger, him or Triple H. But I guess we'll find out at um, SummerSlam yep. to see who goes over. And then that right there, folks, is the answer. Yeah, well, I heard <laughs> that for the 1000th episode that Brock Lesnar will be showing up at Raw. Well, yeah, I could also chuck in there that I think Steve Austin will. Yeah, you never know. Well, you know, he's doing that show, so I highly doubt that. Mm. But then again, you never know. No. Okay, let's move on. Uh, the next match was uh, Alberto Del Rio versus Santino Morella. What I don't get about this is Alberto fought on Raw, but he didn't fight on the pay-per-view the night before. Um, yeah, we'll cover that in the news, but for the yeah. moment... Yeah, he didn't fight on there and he fought here. Yeah, mm. he had a concussion. Mm. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, well, anyway, uh, Del Rio attacks Santino, immediately knocking him over the ring with a Santino, tries to fight back, but Del Rio cuts himself off with a headbutt. Then Santino finally makes a little comeback as he looks for his Cobra. Del Rio catches him with an enziguri. Is that how you pronounce uh, that? It's Inziguri, yeah, that's correct. Inziguri. Yeah, he follows us up. Him the up ghetto with blaster, that's what it is. The ghetto blaster. Well, bad news, Brown. Yeah. And then he follows him up with the arm breaker finisher for the quick tap out from Santino. It only lasted probably, I don't know, about 30 seconds, maybe. So virtually a squash match. Yeah, and the winner was Alberto. Yeah. The next part, this is, I didn't like this one, but it was Cindy Lauper, Wendy Richard. Yeah. yeah. Could I get my two cents in? Go on. Um, didn't his uh, announcer get his two cents in as well? I think so. Yeah, that's my two cents. Yeah. Okay, let's go to the next segment. Yeah, the next segment was the Cindy Lauper, Wendy Richard, then Layla, Heath Slater, and then, yeah. Oh, that. Very mm. awkward. Yeah. It was like um, a scene from Out of Time. Mm. It's misplaced. Mm-hmm. Um, you can go to listen to the Eagles at a concert, and everybody's with it because they want to hear all their old songs. Yeah. But when you come to this wrestling show, unfortunately, people are there to see the new stars. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, that's what this segment suffered a little bit. Yeah. And Slater, all he came out as well, and he started um, tells them to leave the ring so he can debut his new single. Oh, what a waste of space! <laughs> he is. He's getting like X Pack. Yeah. You know, but you know, props to him, and I've heard this before. I'm not going to say I'm the first. He's out there getting his ass beat all the time, mm -hmm. and nobody else wants to put their hand up to do it. So, you know, mm. props to him. He wants to do that. Thank you, sir. I will get all the airtime. Mm -hmm. Now, you think about it. And he does get all the airtime. Yeah. He might get his ass beat, but there he is. Yep. And, yeah, he does this god-awful song that I just wanted him to stop. Oh, yeah. And then, thankfully, Roddy Piper's music hits. Rowdy Roddy Piper came out. 
And there you go. A legend's rub like that. The mm. fans are okay. Yeah. It's not that they're one-dimensional. The fact is they know he could come out there and absolutely do something, you know, spontaneous that they mm. might like. He could come out there and absolutely beat everybody up, which he wouldn't, yeah. which he wouldn't. But, you know, that's what you get with legends like that. Exactly the same thing as what you got when you had that squash match with um, Vader last week. Yeah. You knew what was happening. You heard the music. You knew what was coming. Mm-hmm. And the fans were in anticipation. They wanted that to happen, and by yeah. God, it did. Yeah. So, and this is the exact same feeling we get here when we see Piper come down. So what happened yeah. when Piper came down? Uh, well, he got Cindy Lauper's hand and um, Wendy Rich's hand, kissed them on the hand. He did. Yeah, he's a ladies' man. <laughs> and before he was telling uh, Mrs. Slater to take a hike, then Piper says the rock and wrestling connection made the WWE what it is today, and that was led by himself and Cindy Lauper. Um, well, you know, you got Alice Cooper there as well back in the yep. day. So um, if you want to drop names, we can drop all the names in the world, but essentially the promo, what he was putting out, is absolutely true. But again, I come back to my point that people are not there to listen to nostalgia. They want to to hear what's happening right now. Exactly. Yeah. So that's why that fell flat. Yeah. I mean, you can absolutely load uh, the room up with people like that, but I doubt they'd come for that small segment. Mm. So um, absolutely not the WWE's fault that that didn't run well. Mm. Um. It's not the fans that were there fault either. It's no. just it's just happens to be an awkward moment that nobody can fix. Mm. Uh, only way that could be fixed is if it was uh, WrestleMania, yeah, where everybody knows appreciate everybody there. Mm. And on a raw night like that, that, that isn't going to happen. But I was okay with this segment. I I can tell you right now, I got by that. If anybody values my opinion on this, um. I think I got by that. I knew what it was for. It's like mm-hmm. you pay your dues. You got to pay. You got to pay the pauper, whatever. Yeah. And uh, we'll move on um, to more exciting things that happened in that segment. Yeah, which was nothing much. But um, Roddy Piper went and got Cindy Lauper a gold um, record. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Slater again tries to sing his new hit single, but Piper thumbs him in the eyes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that's the goodness about um, Slater. You yeah, know, he's he's that Brooklyn brawler. You know, mm-hmm. Steve Lombardi. You know, not quite Horowitz. Horowitz won a match or two, but you know. Yeah. Then after that, uh, Cindy then blasts Slater with the gold record over his head, smashing it in the process. <laughs> <laughs> and that's about what happened there. Oh, okay. We'll move on. Okay, the next match was um, your favourite tag team, which is the Primetime Players. Oh, you know it. <laughs> millions of dollars, millions of dollars, millions <laughs> of dollars. And they they were taking on uh, Primo and Epico. No, oh, and the real deal, Titus O'Neill. Yeah, real deal, Titus O'Neill. Yeah. Um, yeah, how did that match go? Um... 
AW comes out, introduces himself, then he brings out the future tag team champions, the primetime players, Titus O'Neil and Darren Young. O'Neill and Young made their way to the ring and then double-teamed Epico early on. Primo eventually tags in and gets a little offence, offense, but before the PTP gets the upper hand, as Primo and Epico finally get control on the offence, the PTP sides are already for number one contenders and they leave up the ramp with AW. Yeah. And they get counted out. And that's another good thing. Um, you want to play up that heel heat. Yeah. You know, you want to keep these guys um, annoying the fans because I can tell you right now, I don't mean to I let the cat out of the bag here with everybody, but those straps are going around their waist. No question. No question they are. Um, what's the next one? Uh, backstage, uh, John Laurinaitis, David Otunga and Big Show. We're seeing talking about their plans for tonight's handicap match against John Cena. I think I missed that segment, and I'm being honest here, but, you know, um, I haven't got much to say on that. I'm sorry. Uh, have you? Yeah. No. No, not really. No. Okay. Well, we'll move on. Uh, now, there's an in-ring segment. John Laurinaitis is in the ring, likely to give his farewell address, and he couldn't get out earlier. Oh, yes, here it is. And then he claims that John Cena cheated last night at No Way Out, claims that Cena and five other guys cheated, which is the only reason he beat the big show last night. He also recalls McMahon firing him last night, and he says he's not a loser, though, nor is the big show. He says that the fans are losers. He says the next time we'll see him when he's inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) The dynamic dudes are going into the Hall of Fame. Yeah. I know his brother is, but I don't... His brother's in there, isn't he? What a mistake that was. His brother's in there. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, no way. He's not going anywhere. He's no. he's, he's going to be some blimmin' clerk in the, in the back office somewhere. Yeah. Filing also, yeah. papers. Yeah. He also claims today is a dark day in WWE history. He says he's going to make sure Cena gets the biggest beatdown of his life and out comes Otunga and then the big show. Oh, yes. This is um, pre-calling up to their match, is it? Yes. Okay. And what happens? Big show comes to the ring and says he's about to be on to bigger and better things. He thanks Laurinaitis for giving him a big fat contract. He says there's no reason for him to compete in the ring. And Big Show tells Johnny and Otunga they're on their own tonight. With that said, he leaves the ring and he heads backstage. How? So would I. You know, I'll be doing better things like going to get me something to eat from catering. Yeah. You know, I don't even hang out there and sweat for tonight. What for? There's nothing in it for me. Mm. So, you know, fair enough. How how does that go? How does that go? Uh, Well, John Cena makes his way to the ring after Big Show leaves. Now it's only a two-on-one handicap match. The bell sounds an enormous let's go Cena, Cena sucks chant. Dwelling Cena immediately goes to work on Otunga. After a bit of a beatdown, Otunga finally gets a little break and tries to tag Laurinaitis. But Johnny won't take the tag, though. No, I know because he's injured, isn't he? Yeah, well, you know, so he says. Yeah. yeah, he's injured, he's sore, you know, he's got the crutch there. He's always, yeah, well, he was walking pretty good the other night when I saw him. Yeah. Yeah. So, 
So let's go. How yep. uh, Cena continues to dominate Atanga. Then Atanga eventually gets Cena beat up a bit. And now John Linus wants to tag in. He comes in in the ring and he throws his crutch. <laughs> the announcers speculate that he has never really been hurt. Laurinaitis now gets a few cheap shots on Cena. Laurinaitis tries to tag Otunga back in, but this time Otunga won't take the tag. Otunga turns his back on him and walks off. Laurinaitis realises he's alone now with Cena, and he doesn't seem that thrilled about it. Cena hits his trademark moves on Johnny. He nails them with the three attitude, adjust- oh, attitude adjustments before giving him the STF. Laurinaitis taps out, and the winner of that was John Cena. Yeah. I, I like how Otunga backed off. You know, Otunga was pissed off. Yeah. He had to carry the match, and he was doing good at it too. You know, um, and then he goes for the tag because only because Johnny says he wants to tag, and Otunga thought he was doing good, and he was. He was, yeah, sta- he was. He was standing over Cena, you know, about really mm-hmm. to get a few more licks in. Yep. Really proud of himself, how, how you know, how he got Cena. Next thing oh, he, he should be, yeah. Next thing you've got Johnny in the corner, he goes, oh, gives me the tag, gives me the tag. He goes over, gives him the tag, and he flies in there. Mm. You know, he flies in there, takes off the neck brace, takes off the um, the, the, um, the crutch he, he, yeah. he had, and he starts beating on John Cena. Yeah. And what's Otunga doing at this time? He's uh, walking up the ramp. He's looking at him, isn't he? Yeah, he's looking at him. He goes, I ain't that, not to be mean or anything, you know, Mm. I ain't that one to steal on, you know? Mm. So, anyway, he goes... Yeah, well, since the um, Laurinaitis got fired, neither Big Show nor Otunga want anything to do with him, but I'd like to see what Eve has to say when she comes back. Well, you know, Otunga was loyal to him to a point. Mm. Like he said... I ain't that nigga to steal on, you know. Mm. That's what happened. So he jumped off the apron, mm-hmm. decided to walk away and leave um, Big Johnny to his fate. <laughs> Fair enough. Yep. Okay, what's next? That was the end of the show. That was the end of the show. Mm-hmm. And, of course, it is our first break. We'll be right back, folks. Thank you. Okay, uh, we're back, and uh, we're off to next, Linz. Uh We're going to do a brief um, rundown on SmackDown. Uh, okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, it started off with uh, Mick Foley at doing the general manager thing. Oh, uh, Will, yeah. Will he did he- both days, didn't he? Yeah. Uh, Theodore Long came out as well, and he introduced that um, that. He said he was only not rejoicing in the fact that John Laurinaitis had been fired by Mr. McMahon at No Way Out, but also because the hardcore legend Mick Foley would be the interim general manager for the night. So he should. I mean, God, the poor guy, what he went through. Mm. Um, what's next? What happened next? Uh, there was a match. Um, oh, I'm not sure if it was a match, but uh, Big Show and David Otunga took out Brodus Clay. Oh, yeah. No, that was a confrontation, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Uh, what happened there was um, Big Show was cutting a promo, and uh, 
British clay thought he might come down to um, uh, rough up show, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And he was doing a good job, wasn't he? Yeah. Until he got blindsided by Otunga. Yeah. The man without a home, the man with no allegiance to anybody because <laughs> his boss <laughs> is fired. Yep. He's pretty much running solo. So, um, yeah, moving on from there, what happened? Uh, also, Big Show was throwing his hat in and he wants to be in the Money in the Bank ladder match at the pay-per-view. Ah, uh, yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. You know, he tried out last time they had that enormous ladder that would actually hold him. Yes, that's right. And, yeah, I don't think he can go anywhere in that. I could be wrong. Actually, he wouldn't even need that stupid um, money in the bank thing to go and get his uh, title shot. Why doesn't he just rough rough up the next um, uh, Raw GM manager or SmackDown and get them to give it to him? You know what? Vicky is on this week, so I heard. Mm-hmm. Um, she's absolutely open to the idea. Yeah. You know, it wouldn't take much. He wouldn't even have to uh, um, put her under duress. He, he, all he'd have to do is go in there and she could automatically put him in a match. You know, that's the thing about Vicky. She probably mm-hmm. would to help Dolph Ziggler out in, yeah. some, in some way. Yeah. She would um, do something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so look for something like that. If it doesn't happen, hey, that's okay. If they don't go that route, they might go another route. But yeah. the way I see it, um, he doesn't need to go for the money in the bank to get his shot. He just needs to go in there and take it, mm-hmm. basically. Yeah. Uh, what happened um, next? Yeah, uh, Ryback defeated two local athletes on a two-on-one handicap match. <laughs> Another two jobs for Ryback. That's the one. Ryberg or whatever. You, you know, um, I actually like his gimmick. Yeah. Um, if you look at him closely. He looks a little bit like Goldberg. He, no, well, no, not that, not that. Well, he's bald. He's got sort of like the face and he's got the little, yeah. you know, the little facial I, I, features. I, I don't mean um, who he looks like. I mean um, his character. When he, if you watch closely, next time you see him, when he wins a match with the next two jobbers, you know, mm-hmm. um, you look at his eyes, he looks a little crazy and he's he's bouncing around when he's, his head is bouncing around when his music is playing. Yeah, 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 I've seen that. He's not too concerned with um, winning. You know, he's left those two jobbers there in his wake in the middle mm-hmm. of the ring. His head is already um, looking around for someone else to beat up. Mm-hmm. You notice that, and I think that's that's really good. Um, I think is his name Skip, his real name. Yeah. Oh yes, I think it was Skip. Yeah, um, he was in NXT. Yeah. As well. Yeah. Uh, very good gimmick. He's he's put himself. Uh, I I like the way he bounces his head around when he's looking around for someone else to beat up. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like um, he's not concerned with winning. He's only concerned with the next um pair of jobbers but where yeah. I'm going with this point is he is dehumanized in this the way that he is but when yeah. he gets his next really good match that will test him he can be humanized into a very good character you know he can be brought back mm-hmm. down but it'll be done good yeah 
you know, then he can turn into that normal character that we want to see him um, wrestle other wrestlers there. Yeah. And I think uh, Rod last week touched on the fact um, that he still needs a little bit of time um, to get to some sort of ring um, awareness. Yeah. And he'll be fine. But, I mean, um, I like the gimmick. I still like it. I know people are starting to say they're tired of him beating up these jobbers. And he needs some competition. He does, but I can see where they're building this. I can mm. see where they're going with this. And he has put some work into the character. Yeah. You know, it's not just made up and you don't put two chicks beside him and start dancing to some funky music sort of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, what was the next bit? Um, well... Ryback won, obviously. Did he? No. Uh, yeah. He didn't. <laughs> yeah, he did. Uh, uh, next match was um, Alberto Del Rio defeated... Oh, no. Alberto Del Rio versus the Intercontinental Champion uh, Christian in a non-title match. Yeah. Yeah. I think he won, didn't he? Yes, he did. Yeah. That's only because Ricardo Rodriguez got in there. Yeah. That was not timed correctly. Mm. It was meant to be timed a little bit better to say that that's the reason why Christian lost. Yeah. It was just a little off. It is the reason why Christian lost um, eventually. Mm -hmm. But if you look at it closely, it just wasn't timed um, as good as it, as it should have been. Yeah. But nobody watches these shows anyway. I mean, I've stopped watching SmackDown. Um a number of weeks, I catch it uh, when I can, and this week yep. I did catch it. Um, this week I did happen to catch it, uh, yep. and I did notice that um, little problem there. Uh, what, what was next? Uh, Kane and Daniel Bryan. Oh, yes. Um, you want to refresh my memory how that went? Uh, sure. Um, Diva, AJ, she was the the timekeeper. Oh, AJ Lee. Yes, now I'm I'm getting there. I'm almost there. Yeah. Yeah, she's the timekeeper. Yeah. Um, it was Kane and Daniel Bryan one on one. AJ suddenly rang the bell when That's she saw right. that Kane, no, not Kane, um, D. Bryan, yeah. wanting to release the hold. In the in the lapel. She thought the, um Kane was tapping sorry, out. Sorry, the yes lock, the yes lock. Yeah. Or whatever you like to call it. Well, either either. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's right. She, um, rang the bell, uh, which, um, disrupted the match. Yeah. Yeah. I've and then, got, yeah, go on. I've got nothing much to say about this, so you can say whatever you like and we can go to the next match. I'm happy about that. Well, in other words, um, after that, Daniel Bryan got choke slammed and Kane won. And then she went skipping up the, up the aisle. And... And nothing, nothing much. Nothing happened at okay. all, no. Yeah. She's a funny one. Well, you know, they're playing it just like how I said. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. We'll let that go for a few more weeks because um, the end game of that is yet to be revealed even to me. Yeah. You know, so I, I have got nothing much to say about it. When I do see something interesting to say about it and... Uh, mm -hmm. I'd like everybody to come back and listen. I'll, I'll say it straight away, but for now, we'll just let that as it is. She is obviously um, playing in Kane's corner for the moment. Yeah. 
with um, obviously with ups to uh, CM Punk here and there. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah. Um, but then you can you know it could all go to custard and she could run straight into Daniel Bryan's arms. So you never know. Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. It still can be played that way, but yeah. I'll leave it alone for the moment. Yeah. Uh, the next match was uh, Zack Ryder and Heath Slater. And the one-man rock, rock band. band. Yep. Zack Ryder. You know, I haven't seen him for a while. No, he hasn't been on lately, has yeah. he? And, you know, people were chanting his name and he doesn't come out. Mm. Um, I think I can't remember the event. Um yeah, and you don't give them the guy yet. They put him on SmackDown in this random whatever match. Mm. Well, anyway, Foley was at ringside, watching at ringside as well. No, he was too. Yeah, and the Long Island Ice Z soundly defeated Slater with the Rough Rider leg drop. Slater, the number one jobber in the business. That's it. Yeah. Yep. Um, what was the next one? Uh, your favourite men, the primetime players. Oh, the primetime. What were they up to this time? They were going up against the Usos. Oh, that's right, yeah. I actually mm-hmm. like that match, and I do like the Usos as well. So, mm. you know, uh, two favourite teams of mine in a tag team division, if you can call yep. it that. Yeah. But, I mean... Um, I like these guys a whole lot more than I like uh, Primo and Epico because I can tell you, Rosa Mendes is the only reason I look that way. Yeah. I know it's it's a bad thing to say, but those two well, guys... she's a hot-looking woman, doesn't she? Well, you know, you, you want to look at them because they've got a little bit of skill, and, and they do, but mm-hmm. they've just been um, marketed wrong, and I don't know what the word is for it. I'm not interested. Yeah. And I do like um, these guys here, uh, not because uh, who their dad is. Um, yes, but they've yeah. got some good moves. Really they do. Good. Yeah, really good yeah. moves. Um, they they're good to watch. And actually, I don't think anybody could look at them w- without coming away from the fact that they get entertained because they're entertaining, those two guys. They are, yeah. So, um, how did this match go? Um, well, let's say uh, O'Neill and Young's high-octane match with the Usos. The head of the all-world promotions would cause a crucial distraction by jumping on the apron and admolishing the referee. This okay. allowed Darren Young to drop Jimmy Uso on the top rope, setting up for his real deal partner to hurl his foe into the canvas for the pin. All right. Hey, could I ask you where you were reading that from? The WWE website. Is it? Yeah. We don't want to get into trouble here. We just no. want to know that people know that um, it's their work. And, yeah. Uh, you know. But shortly after the match, um, Primo and Epico came out and attacked um, AW. Yeah. Oh, that's right. I missed a lot of that match because I was doing something else. and But I do remember it. Here and there, it just mm-hmm. splashes by. Um, what was next? What happened next? Oh. <laughs> um, Santino Morales saw the signs of love. 
yeah, what, what's Santino doing today? What What is Clown A doing in the A company today? Well, he was um, looking around at all the signs that people were having up, and one of them said, um, I love Santino. So he told the woman to come down and say hi. She got, <laughs> she got in the ring. She had a, um, a cobra little sock thingy on. She had a Santino Morella T-shirt on. She went, she went and snogged him, and he was on the ground. He couldn't get up afterwards. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Um, yeah. That well, actually, that I did find that funny. I mean, yeah, and he had lipstick all over him. Yeah, yeah, that was funny. That's one segment yeah. I did find funny. Yeah, he's actually quite funny, that guy. Well, as opposed to the other segment he was on on the pay per view. Yes, the yeah. tuxedo match. Yeah, absolutely yeah. unnecessary. Yeah. Um, what's next? Um, Seamus and Dolph Ziggler. This was oh, the main yes. Event. Yes, yes. Another good match um, ahead for us, I hope. Mm-hmm. Um, how does it go? Um, well, basically, um, mixing undeniable talent with unreeling heart and design determination. The show off, Dolph yes. Ziggles, yes. Uh, brought the Great White to the brink, nearly scoring the victory at several turns. Still, in the end, it wasn't enough to stop Seamus, who blasted Ziggler with a fierce bro kick out of nowhere and captured the epic win. Yeah. Um, what I can have to say about that is, um, from that match there, um, Dolph Ziggler isn't ready. No. So, so no spirit squad chance yet, folks. Um, keep, yeah, keep that for the future. Yeah. Also, I'd like to say something about Michael Cole. Oh, oh well, should we? <laughs> well, I find it very amusing. He, like, a couple of months back, he was all the John Laurinaitis' little puppy saying, oh, he loves John Laurinaitis. And then the other night, I think it might have been on Roy, said, oh, I'm glad John Laurinaitis is gone. He wasn't doing a good job at all. What do you expect from um, him? That's the way he operates. Yeah. And also what he said with the Cindy Lauper segment, although I can't remember what he said, it wasn't very nice at the time. Oh, he was truly awful. That is the most I wanted that guy to be uh, muffled. If only if King had reached over and stuck some muzzler on on his blooming mouth to tell him to shut up. Yeah. That guy there was rubbishing those two ladies. Yeah. Nothing you want to hear. And... I don't know who gave the go-ahead for him to do such a thing because really, really, do you really need him to do to go at um, people like that? He was hoping it would go the other way. I don't know if people are listening to it and thinking, yeah, no, you shut up, Michael Cole. These are good women, mm-hmm. you know. But really, when you think about it, it's not needed. No. Michael Cole could have still been the heel that he was, but talk about what these two actually did. For the company. Exactly. Yeah. He goes. He could say, "Well, you know, I'm not really interested in him. I mean, who cares that Cindy Lauper was at a WrestleMania, or you know, mm. and and start dropping hints of information like that? Yeah. That would have been fine. Mm-hmm. You know, it would have made him look uh, even more ridiculous when he explains all the great feats they have done. Yeah. And you've could have got it for heat that way, but the way that they went. Very, very wrong indeed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. That was something worth bringing up. Yep. Uh, what's uh, next? Uh, we'll move on to the impact, shall we? Because that wow. was in the SmackDown. Yes, let's move on there, shall we? 
Yeah. Okay, how do we open the show? Um, the show opens with a video package highlighting Austin Aries and his TNA Championship quest and the choice he must make tonight regarding the X Division, X Division Championship. And yeah, Hulk Hogan talks about making a lot of friends but a lot of enemies in the pro wrestling business. He mentions that attack on Sting at the end of last week's episode, swearing that he will find out who's behind the attack, and then he calls out Austin Aries to find out if he, he'll go. Uh, I hold you up there just, just yep. one minute. He also mentioned that he wasn't going to talk about it and give them any kind of promo. promo. Mm, exactly. I think that's a mistake. Mm-hmm. You know, um, okay, the, the IWC in me, if you want to call me, um, tells me that he and Eric Bischoff are absolutely running creative in, in some shape or form. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you why. Um, in WCW, Hulk Hogan, I think it was Road Wild, turned heel for the NWO. For the first, That's right. Yes, I remember that. For the first time. Yep. And the next night, on Nitro, mm-hmm. everybody was looking for Hulk Hogan. He was nowhere to be found, folks. He wasn't even at the show. You didn't catch up with Hulk Hogan until the next show, the next mm-hmm. week. That's where you found him. Yeah. And to me, the slight variation and differences that they're using here in TNA, you didn't catch up with what happened to... Uh, Sting this week, you know, it'll be carried on next week or whenever. Yeah, I'm starting to, you know, starting to back off a little from the product in that in that sense. I hope they hear this, and I hope somebody hears this and repeats it and says, yeah, you know what, you're right. We do not want a repeat of what happened to the death of WCW. Yeah. So yeah, he carries on. Um, where he were then, we? Yeah, he then calls out Austin Aries to find out if he'll go for the um, go for glory or if he'll go for broke. Go for glory or he'll remain status. Mhm. Very good. What does Austin Aries have to say for himself? He says, um, he "Hits the ring and he says, thank you. I know my name as the crowd chants him.'" Aries recaps Hogan's offer to give him to give up his title to face Bobby Roode for the TNA World Championship at Destination X. Yeah. Yeah, and he also says it's an it's a no brainer because everybody wants to be champion. But he also says that TNA was built on the exhibition title. Yeah, that's right. Mhm. And um, Hogan looks at him. And he is, is Hogan requesting an answer? I'd say, yes, he was, yeah, he was. But I'll get into that. Okay. Okay. Um, he's afraid he gives up the title not to be worth anything anymore. So, Aries is a, oh, sorry, Aries is a bit worried that if he gives the title to Hogan, that it won't be worth anything. So, he comes up with an option C. But Hulk Hogan cuts him off saying he's not here to play games and Aries says that he will give up his championship 
If from this moment on he's the standard bearer, he challenges Hogan to allow all future X Division champions to have the same opportunity he has received, meaning they will be able to give up their belt for a chance at the world title at the future Destination X pay-per-views. Okay. What he what he's saying is, in a sense, he's saying he doesn't want the belt to look like it isn't worth anything. Mm-hmm. Um. He he wants to legitimately make it mean something. You know, you don't just go, uh, oh hey, this belt really isn't worth what it is. Yeah, I'll, I'll cash in and I'll upgrade to a better belt. Mm-hmm. So that's what that part of the promo is. He wants to make sure that everybody listening still thinks the world of that belt and it's still worth having, which it is. Yeah. And that's what he's trying to do with that. Yeah. Um, next. Uh, Bobby Roode makes his way out, but he stops on the ramp. He calls the X Division title a paper championship, and he tells Aries he's made a big mistake of his life. And you see Bobby Roode also upgraded the world championship belt at the same time um, Austin Aries did. Mm-hmm. So both belts are legitimate now. They're being yep. upgraded at the same time. You couldn't have both these belts like the Intercontinental Championship and the World Championship in the WWE with Hulk Hogan and the Ultimate Warrior put belt for belt. Mm-hmm. And you couldn't have that situation again. So what they turned around and did was made this situation. It was like, well, hey, this belt is still worth its weight in gold. It's the X Division belt. Mm-hmm. But anybody that earns it now has a right to go through to the heavyweight belt. Mm-hmm. And um, Bobby Roode did a good job when he came out with his promo and said, well, you know, that belt there is is less blah, 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 you know, than this belt here. And still emphasizes that this is the belt everybody wants. And at the same time, both belts are put over. Yeah. You know, so... That, to me, personally, my view, was a decent job, mm-hmm. that part of it. So what was next? Uh, well, the lights go out, and as Mr. Anderson walks out to the ramp, he cuts his usual promo for the microphone. Mr. I'm still waiting for him to say Kennedy. Anderson. <laughs> Anderson. Yeah. Let me see. Kennedy. Yeah. Um, One of these days. You know, last week I said on last show, I said, where does the guy go from losing? Mm-hmm. And this week I'm saying the exact same thing. Yeah. Um, basically, he had his Bound for Glory chance. Yeah. Last week. Mm-hmm. For him to come out and say he has to earn another chance this week. What's he going to say when he fails, if he makes it to Bound for Glory? Hmm. He's he's stuck in that um, disposition, so to speak. Yeah. You know, I explained a lot more last week. Well, I didn't explain anything, really. I just said that, what do you do with a guy that goes on and on about saying he wants his chance or hit or go at the belt at the gold, mm-hmm. and he doesn't get anywhere. Yeah. You know, it's not like um, 
they're a bunch of scientists and they go, well, it's back to the drawing board. Yeah. It's back to the bottom of the barrel for you. That's that's the way I see it. Yeah. You had your shot, son. Get out of here. Mm-hmm. So tell me what happens next. Um, It was an open fight night and uh, they had he called out uh, Christopher Daniels. Ah, yes, yes. The fallen angel. Yeah. Christopher Daniels. Yeah. Okay, and how did we go from there? Um, Anderson starts the match off quickly by taking out Daniels as he enters the ring. The two trade off blows in the middle of the ring until Anderson hits a big Samoan drop. Then Daniels manages to fight back temporarily, but Anderson encountered with a spinning neck breaker and the mic check for a quick victory. And Taz puts over that Mr. Anderson has picked up three points in the Bound for Glory series. I thought it was seven. No, this one was three. I'm sorry. Oh, okay, yeah. Three? Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't know that. I, I always thought they climbed in seven as well. Yep, okay. Um, yeah. So, uh, do the points climb only if you beat someone that has points? I think so. I'm not I'm sure. Not, I will I'm check that out. Sure. I'll, yep. uh, next week, I'll, I'll have it for you, folks. If you're listening, I'll have the answer for you. Um, so, we've got um, Mr. Anderson going forward. I almost said Mr. Kennedy. <laughs> Mr. Anderson going forward uh, with three points. Yeah. And the fallen angel fallen. Mm-hmm. Okay, what's next? Uh, Dixie Carter and AJ Styles are backstage talking, and she she asks if AJ's ready, saying there's no other way. Um, he seems unsure, but saying he's not sure if it's the right thing to do. But that will all come out at the end. The, yeah, this big, mm-hmm. big, you know, I'm at the edge of my seat here. It's a cliffhanger. Will all come out at the end. Yeah. Okay. Then uh, the knockouts are shown backstage in the dressing room. Uh, while Mike Tanay questions who will challenge Brooke Tessmucker during the fight, open fight night. Okay, are they calling her Brooke again or just Miss? Must be just Miss, but I'm always saying Brooke. Yeah, I know. I know her is. Uh, not that we're affiliated with TNA and we have to be all official or anything like that. Yeah. I mean, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, just in case there are people listening that know only the true way to, to say it, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. God forbid that we see it a different way and they, you know, they might yeah. throw the earplugs off or something like yeah. that. Uh, backstage, the knockouts are seen once again. Backstage talking with Brooke Hogan. It seems hostile in the locker room. Brooke asks ODB while she, why she wants to win the knockouts championship and she responds, Responds by saying that she's different, and then Madison Rain says she wants it because she's already had it before. Then Mickey James stands up and says, "No offense, but I'm the greatest female professional wrestler in the world." You're the greatest something, Mickey. I know, <laughs> I know that much. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, that's right. They did this with, uh, if you remember, um, the guys when Hulk Hogan was sitting in the office. Mm-hmm. And we had Mr. Anderson. Oh, yes, that's right, yes. Um, this is the ex- exact same scene, but for the women. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, and then um, Brooke Hogan says they need to make their job 
or their boyfriend and stop screwing around. She says that Madison isn't ready for tonight and apparently we're getting the same Hogan elimination style thing that Hulk did. Yep. Has been yep. doing during open that. fight nights. Yeah, that's yep. what you just said. Yeah. Uh, Brooke says there's, um, there's one more elimination to make tonight and tells ODB she can just sit in the locker room and keep drinking. I'm um, with ODB. Last. Oh, she's yeah. awesome. You know, I'm with ODB. I'll just keep drinking. I love ODB. Yeah. She's great. Bam! Yeah, she's awesome. Yeah. Okay, so um, what was the next segment from here? Um, there was an in-ring segment. Uh, Robbie E and Robbie T are in the ring, uh, and they're challenging Kurt Angle. Oh, yes. Yes. Yep. Well, not both of them, obviously. No, Robbie E. Yeah, because um, Robbie T, he isn't in the um, Bound for Glory series. No. It's just, uh, what's his face? Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was, it was a very, very fast match. Uh, Robbie E. <laughs> of course it is. <laughs> I don't know what Robbie E. expected. Um, no. Yeah. Going up against an Olympic gold medalist. Well, anyone really, you know. Yeah. His kind of win is he should pick on the weakest link. Mm-hmm. But in his case, he is the weakest link. Yeah. I mean, because the other guys that you're calling out are really good anyway. It, it could, it might as well have just been Pope. You know, it, it didn't matter. Yeah. Um, he would have been at a disadvantage. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, what well, what happened next? Oh, Kurt Angle won that match. <laughs> yes, Kurt Angle. Did he? Yeah, he did. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, a video package for tonight's gut check challenger Taylor Hendricks is shown. Oh, Miss Taylor Hendricks, yeah. Yes. Uh, they put over that she is the first time female competitor to take the challenge. To challenge. Apparently, she is a cancer survivor that has been wrestling for seven years. Wow. Mhm. Very good. Um. So, how did we go in this match? Um. Uh, well, that match is later on. Oh, okay. That was just like a little video package. Oh, a backstage segment. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Magnus comes down to the ring. Mickey James's boyfriend. Um, <laughs> Does he? Yeah. I bet he's not too happy about being her boyfriend now after, you know, the news and all. I mean, yeah. Oh, I know. I mean, he might want to ask her what she's searching up in Google there. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, he comes down the ring looking very intense. Uh, he's saying he's going to challenge someone special to a match tonight. Uh, Magnus is talking, saying that he's picked a man whose head is not in the game. He's got a woman lined up to get a shot at him while the crowd boos. He calls out none other than the home wrecker, AJ Styles. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, um, to his credit... If we're following the storylines, and I know everybody is, there's, there's no such thing as everything outside the walls of what's happening in TNA. You yeah. know, you've got your blinkers on, you're looking at what's happening inside. And he's right to a sense that AJ shouldn't be in his game because AJ's too, well, he's too busy and concerned about other things. Mm-hmm. So he did pick right. So, so how did we go with this match? Uh, starts with uh, the big blows by both men. As soon as Styles hits the ring, uh, Styles hits a backbreaker in the corner and goes up top. 
He tries for a crossbody, but Magnus catches him in mid-air and transfer it into a big suplex. Magnus wears down his challenger with several punches, kicks, and a sleeper hold on the mat. Uh, Styles attempts to build momentum, but misses the pally kick and finds himself back in the sleeper. Just as Styles starts to work his way back, Daniels and Kazarian make their way down, holding a packet of papers and distracting AJ. Magnus hits a modified Falcon Arrow for the pin, giving him seven points in the Bound for Glory series. Wow. Wow, and that's that's how the cookie crumbles. Mm-hmm. Just like I said, if we are following within the forum of of um, the TNA um, angles and storylines, whatever you want to call it, yeah, he did his homework. Yeah. Okay. Um. So what happened from there? Um. Tara. Oh, Taylor Hendricks is shown backstage warming up for a match. Uh, as we come back, JB is in the ring with Hendricks. He introduces her opponent for tonight's gut check segment, and the um, opponent is Tara. Tara. So, oh, Tara, sorry. So, Tara. is Tara the new gut check woman, is she? No, no, Taylor. No, I mean, you know, you use the wrestler for gut check. Oh, she must be, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. Um, Tara is the woman. Mm-hmm. I love Tara, she's great. Yeah. Um, I like her, yeah. Uh, so how did the match go? I'm, uh, in, I'm interested. Yeah. Uh, Tara starts out this match in the power position, bullying the younger Hendrix. After a snap suplex and a kip-up, Tara takes... Oh, Tara, sorry. Tara. Tara. Sorry. Tara takes her opponent into the corner and chokes her, breaking a few seconds for the referee. Taylor does eventually gain some momentum, but hitting a Mickey James-esque move with Tara on the top right, but eventually Tara's experience wins that as she hits Taylor Hendricks with the Widow's Peak for the three count. Uh, yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. Um, it was kind of difficult for her to get the um, move on, yeah. uh, Tara. I don't know whether that was um, down to experience. She eventually got it, the Widow's Peak on, but yeah. It's kind of awkward. Yeah. Uh, also, Tara helped up um, Taylor, but she didn't seem interested in thanking her for the match that they had. No, I saw that. I was thinking, man, you, you got to do something. Mm-hmm. you got to pay your respects. But she was more concerned with putting herself over. Yeah. You know, and the way that you put yourself over it, now here it is, that is an experience. Mm-hmm. Now, this is where you have to have some decisions about things. Yeah. Did did the TNA bookers tell her to go out and do it like this? Or did she herself, with her inexperience, come out there and finish up the match like that, forgetting to thank, you know, Tara? For giving her the opportunity to showcase her skills, mm-hmm. and um, in effect, she came off pretty. I didn't like that she didn't um, pay any proper respects. Had she had shaken Tara's hand or something like that, yeah, she could have gotten a good rub that way. Mm. But you know, we could put that down to an experience, or we could put that down to booking. Um, yeah. 
you know? We'll find out next week what happens. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Um, so what happened next? Uh, there's a backstage segment. Uh, Bully Ray finds Joseph Park, Abyss's brother, in the backstage area and tries to pick a fight with him. He says Park is lucky he's in the Bound for Glory series. Uh, Bully calls him a bastard and says that if Park sits in the ring, ringside again for his match, it'll be the last time he or Abyss are ever seen. Yeah, Bully um, likes to say all these words with no backup. Yeah. You know, um, no redeeming qualities at all. That's that's how a heel is. Mm-hmm. You know, he says, he talks the talk, but he absolutely doesn't walk it. Yeah. Um, okay, so what happened from there? Um, next, we get a recap of the opener with Austin Aries and Hulk Hogan X-Division deal before Samoa Joe comes out for open fight night. He says that nobody in the back has the guts to call his name and challenges James Storm to a fight. Yeah. Um, well, you know, he was sitting back there waiting for someone to call him up. Mm-hmm. So he took the initiative to come yep. into the ring and call someone up, and it was none other than James Storm. Mm-hmm. Um, and how did we go with this match? Uh, Storm hits the ring and Joe immediately takes over with short jabs in the corner. Irish whip across the ring to the opposite corner, followed by Joe's signature slash and kick combo. Storm works his way out of the key lock, runs off the ropes, but is caught with a counter and ends up on the back of the mat. The two trade punches in the middle of the ring before Storm comes back with clotheslines and a big atomic drop. Joe hits a Big kick with Storm perched on the top rope, but after a quick encounter, Storm hits the last call super kick for the win. Yeah, um, that was a good match, by the way. Yeah, it was. Um, and of course, you know, I did notice someone Joe's um, new ring attire. Mm-hmm. So just want to put that in there in case anybody thinks we're just sitting here reading um, results from the. Um, internet and not really have any real input because anybody can do that, you know. Whereas us, we can also do that, but we like to put our own spin on this. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I mean, people want to come here to listen to to the results and maybe they want to hear a spin on something. They don't want to come here to hear something they can already do themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to put it out there that this show is here for everybody um, and anyone to to maybe hear what we think, our opinions, our views on how we saw what happened in wrestling mm-hmm. uh, for the week. Yeah. After that match, uh, Samoa Joe picked up a beer bottle and um, he was going looked like it was going to attack Storm with it, but he eventually handed it to him, mutual sign of respect, and Joe steers down Storm from the ramp. That was after the match. Winner James Storm. Right, um, and James Storm celebrated in the ring uh, mm-hmm. with a beer. Yep. And um, yeah, Joe came back and he gave him a beer, didn't he? Yeah. That, that's the kind of respect thing you do when you want to keep um, wrestlers or let's say competitors um, sort of on the same level. Yeah. You you don't want him to have been beaten and beaten so bad that you think that Joe has no chance of winning the um 
Bound for Glory series because um, he can't beat James Storms, mm. you know, in such a way. But you keep the competitors strong if you have some sort of mutual respect for each other's skill in a way. Mm-hmm. And that's all that was about. Yeah. You know, I mean, because really Joe plays a character where he doesn't really care about anybody else, you know, mm-hmm. in a sense, you know. Um, so why would he come around and bring a beer to James Storm? Yeah. And the reason he brought the beer to James Storm is to keep the competitiveness at a same level, at a high level. And mm-hmm. yet, um, yeah, it works. Uh, so where do we go from here? Um, there was a video package shown highlighting the Dixie card and AJ Styles period, but I won't get into that much because it's just basically what's going to happen at the end, what we'll be talking about later. Um, yeah, it's well, we're heading towards the cliffhanger, aren't we? You yes, know, we are. We're at the edge of our seats. Yep. Um, you know, our hearts are beating a little faster. Um, mm-hmm. So, so okay. what's next anyway? What's next? Uh, Brooke Hogan is being extremely condolencing to the knockouts. She asks who is 100% focused and ready before telling ODB to get her life in focus. Looks like ODB eliminated from the contender tonight. So ODB, she goes out, she does that thing with her boobs and she <laughs> walks out. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, to ODB, I mean, who gives a toss, you know? Mm. If, I, if I'm here getting a paycheck, I'm going to make it known that's what I'm here for. And... Mm-hmm. She does a good job at wrestling when she wrestles. Yeah. But it's no sweat up her back um, if she doesn't get the bout. No, uh, she's the um, Knockouts Tag Team Champions with um, <laughs> her husband, isn't yeah. she? Uh, well, yeah. And that would be Clown B from yep. Bloody. Um, okay. So she's eliminated. So we only have two left. That would be uh, Mickey James and, of and course. Velvet, Velvet Sky. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, now we've got another little segment. Bully Ray hits the ring and asks who's left back there in regards to open fight night. He tells the Pope, D'Angelo Nero, that he's an easy 10 points for the Bound for Glory series and picks him as his opponent. The Pope is back in town, folks. Yes, yeah, so this is the next, the next um, fight of the night. He's Bully back Ray versus the Pope. How I actually it... quite like, I like this match. Yeah, it's good. You know, um, yeah. Bully Ray's a good worker. He's getting good. I'm not saying he always was a good worker. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, in singles, it's a whole entirely different another game. You know, you're on another yeah. plane when you're in singles. For tag teams, he was okay. He got by all good, you know, yeah. him and Devon. But um, in singles, Bully Ray has stepped his game up. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just while I'm talking about this, is does well? I'll, actually, I'll mention that later. Sorry, I'll carry on. Um, Bully Ray did do a good job. He he also um, seems to well, you know, he loses all the time, but he also seems to keep himself up there. Mm. And that's what having a big loud mouth, you know, yeah, does. For, it is. It yeah. helps you a lot. If you're walking around telling everybody that you, you're the biggest baddest. Um, bully in town. Um, sooner or later, people are going to start believing it. You know, you could have some fans believe, and they do. There are mm. some fans out there that believe that he is the biggest, baddest monster in town. 
But you know, Bully Ray, you're just that, you know, you're just just one of the guys now anyway, in a sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so he goes up against Pope, and how does that match go? Uh, well, Bully Ray actually attacks De Niro from behind as he's taking his coat off into the ring, which doesn't surprise me. Uh, the announcers talk about the Pope's probably ring rust that they were saying, because he hasn't been in the ring for a while, has he? I thought they would rather talk about his chest hairs, how he's got them shaved in a... I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) Really? Is that that what um, pimps do? You know, that kind of hygiene? Dental hygiene is all good. But -hmm. when you start messing around with your body that way, you know, you are not playing to the ladies. I don't think... You're not playing to the ladies. There's there's only guys that would notice that sort of thing. Not that I'm that way. Why'd I mean, you bring it up then? Oh, I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying that he's got this. Um, uh, I don't want to get into it. He's got this stupid, ridiculous, blooming um, spade-shaped. Um, he's got his hair, chest, or whatever. Oh, it, oh no, it's 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 for the guys, because apparently the Pope, you know, mm-hmm. he's for everybody, ladies and gentlemen. Um, yeah. So how did that happen anyway? Um, Bully Ray uh did his little closed fist encounter and with a big boot. Pope comes back with two trade blows. Pope hits a flying shoulder block and several high elbows before taking things to the outside. Now, when he took things to the outside, something happened. Abyss turns up in the in the crowd. Oh, he does too. Yes. Walking through the crowd, he makes his way to the front as the girls in the front row freaked out. Eventually, Abyss throws Bully Ray back into the ring as Pope hits his finisher for the win, picking up seven points for the Bound for Glory series. He's scary, isn't he, that abyss? Um, I don't, you know, I don't know. We, we, if the two of them walked out together one time, or if they were, all three of them were standing together, yeah, maybe I'd be a little bit more interested in the storyline. Mm-hmm. But when, when you've got one or the other in the ring, it's really, really hard to, yeah. you know, to use your most powerful, powerful weapon you have, which is your imagination, yeah, to to go along with it all. Yeah, his brother um, Joseph, he seems a little bit taller than Abyss. Oh come on now, you know you're all buying into it. Just what I said, you know. Um, let's let's go on. Come on, please. Okay. Well, the Pope won that. Uh, backstage, Hogan is with Jeff Hardy and RVD, saying that because neither were called on, they must be the odds-on favourite to win. Uh, he puts them in the main event match for later on. Okay. So it's Jeff Hardy and RVD. So it's Jeff Hardy and RVD? Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, right. Uh, Brooke Hogan is in the back with both Velvet Sky and Mickey James. She says that she's given Velvet a big opportunity with the Montgomery Gentry music video, and she knows Velvet has the chops for the match, but ends up giving it to Vicky, Mickey, oh, Mickey James. Excuse so, me. Excuse me. 
Yeah. So it's uh, Miss Tess Mocker versus Mickey James for the TNA Knockouts Championship. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Which happens now. Uh, Tess Mocker makes the advantage with the hammerlock, but the crowd isn't interested. Mickey eventually breaks free and turns it into a wrist lock, but can't keep the hold. Tess Mocker has her opponent in the ropes, but Mickey's cheap shot and shows signs of a possible heel turn. Um, you're just breaking up just a little bit. You want to see that last bit again? Uh, which part was that? Tess Mocker has her opponent in the ropes. Yeah. But Mickey James takes a cheap shot and shows signs of a possible heel turn. Ah, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which was um, alluded to a few weeks ago um, when she didn't get the starring role in the... Music video. Yeah. With, mm-hmm. um, yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, uh, Mickey is definitely playing the heel role in this match as the champion sells throughout trying to work her way back to her feet and the help of the crowd, which is slowly getting behind her. The champion eventually encounters and hits several clotheslines, whipping Mickey into the corner. Tess Mocker fits a face plant off the second rope, but only gets a two count. Mickey counters with a sudden chick kick, but Tess Mocker rolls it up for the three count to retain. Uh, I don't know what to say about that match. Um, I know that um, I really would have liked Gail to go over. Actually, I think in my own personal picks a few odd weeks ago, I think I did have Gail to go over. Mm-hmm. But um, Miss Tessmacher, I they're giving her a go. I'm not sold on her. Not because I know the history of the fact she's been there five minutes. Mm-hmm. But um, I think she's still got a long ways to go before... Um, she can get any kind of real support. Uh, yeah, she looks great and all, but... Yeah, but originally she's not a wrestler, really, is she? She, um, she was um, a dancer back in ECW with Kelly Kelly and Layla. Um, yeah. And Expose. Yeah. Um, and, well, you know, Layla's champion, so there you go. Um, mm-hmm. Well, actually, it's funny you make that... <laughs> I didn't even think of that. You've got these two dancers, the bloody women's champion. Yes, yes. (laughs) (laughs) What the hell? Uh, What happened next? Uh, Rob Van Dam and Jeff Hardy are shown on their way to the ring for the main event. Rob Van Van Dam. Dam. Yeah. Yeah, Jeff. Jeffrey Nero Hardy. Yes. Uh, These long-time friends and rivals go back and forth early on, typical punch-punch headlock exchange. Uh, RVD gains the advantage and lands a single leg kick off the top rope as the crowd starts a dueling Hardy RVD chant. After some typical RVD offence, Jeff Hardy dodges a picture-perfect 450 splash, followed by a huge DDT and sick-looking twist of fate for the quick victory. Hardy checks on RVD after the match. That's nice, isn't it? No, they're two baby faces, so, you know, unfortunately, someone has to lose. I like them both. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, I do. And as I just said, they both can't win. Yeah. And um, you're always getting a good match. I did like their match at Slammiversary, the last pay-per-view. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. that was awesome. 
awesome. The three of them. Um, Mr. Anderson. Very, very good match, I have to say. Um, yeah. So he picks up seven yep. points, does he? Um, yes, I think he does, yes. Um, okay. Um, where do we go to now? What happens now? Um, back from the commercial break. This is what everyone's been waiting for. Oh, hang on. Let me just hold myself down from here. Go, go. AJ, AJ Styles and Dixie Carter make their way out to the ring. Yes. They're actually holding hands. Oh, oh my God. Really? Yes, I was watching them. They're actually it's, holding it's getting hands on the sword, way to the It's ring. getting a sordid affair now. I was like, oh my God, they're actually having an affair. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, TNA chants by the live crowd were heard as well. Uh, Dixie stumbles over her words. Talking about but live... that's not all she stumbled over, eh? <laughs> about lives being changed. AJ takes the microphone and says, we don't have to do this, telling Dixie they can just leave. They head towards what, the road. What, to a hotel or...? Oh, I'd say so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they head towards the ropes to leave and the crowd doesn't like it. They stop as a woman comes down to the ring. Well, this woman, she's pregnant. Is she? Yes, I saw her... Yes, she was. She was pregnant. What, a three, a, um, is it a threesome, is it? Oh, I get a fine eye. The mysterious woman reveals herself as Claire Lynch and says that she's been a friend of the Dixie family for a long time. Carter, oh, Carter, Carter. Okay. Ca- oh, the Dixie's family for a long time. Okay, yeah, the Dixie Carter family. Yeah. Yeah. She said she needed help, so she came to Dixie and AJ, who she claims have the highest moral character that she's ever seen. She claims that the two are not having an affair and she's an addict who's trying to get clean. Lynch admits to drinking, doing pills and waking up in hotel rooms with strange men. She says that AJ took her to rehab, but Kaz and Daniels got in the way. Kazarian and Daniels are shown in the back free What? Hang on, hang on. Is that it? Yeah. Wow. I know. You mean all those months? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I know. You know, we did a good job up until now. You know this, don't you? I mean, yeah. we did a good job talking about TNA, putting them over. Yeah. And we get to this and what? Kazarian and Daniels are shown in the back freaking out. Daniels say, why didn't someone tell me she was here? He makes his way to the ring and AJ immediately goes on the offence. He takes down Daniels, but Kazarian comes out and the heels go to the offensive. AJ breaks loose and hits a huge powerbomb on Kazarian and Daniels out with the pally kick, followed by a barrage of punches as TNA goes off the air. What, so Daniels knew who, who this chick was? Hey man, I don't even care about it. Any. <laughs> this is awful. <laughs> oh man, you can <laughs> you can sit me through a hundred episodes of General Hospital or something like that. <laughs> 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 what a terrible, terrible! I'm sorry, folks, but this is compelling. Compelling radio. <laughs> you are hearing the, the what is it? The climax. To the, 
to a, a extremely long and and thought process. I don't know how long it took them to write um, storyline. I think I think Russo might have started it. Yeah, yeah. Oh God, I wouldn't be surprised. No, he he, he didn't end it. No, I bet he didn't end it. We we know this much. Oh this is terrible. I could I I feel like I can rip on this for the next three or four hours, but the show is almost ending. Yes. And and you know, I'm going to leave this alone. I'm, I'm going to say that um, next week uh, we're not going to be talking about um, the compelling and and truly extravagantly good whatever. Um, soap opera that you have just witnessed. Um, we're going to talk about maybe Frankie Kazarian. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he will change allegiance. Maybe he won't because he did hit the back of his head pretty hard. Mm. So, um, actually, you know what I want to really talk about to get what? me away from thinking about it? What I want to talk about is where the hell was Devon? Yeah, because he, he wasn't shown on this week's TNA, was he? I mean, what, what the hell? Did, didn't him and Hulk make a pact all those weeks ago and said that he was going to be on, um, he was going to be on every week defending the damn bloody belt? Yep. Yeah, you know, I was that curious because I'm a fan of his. I did mm-hmm. dig to find out where he was, but he was yep. nowhere on US TV, folks. He was on some sort of pre-air bloody show, but you know that's beside the point. You know, it's it's good I brought this up right here and now because it shows you that TNA are slacking off and going right back into their normal sort of um, matter-of-factly bloody um, show. First, they don't bring Devon on, which makes me sad mm-hmm. in the first place. Then they end with this rubbish. You know, which yeah. every time I think about it, I want to laugh that I backed this sort of thing, you know, yeah. and, I, and I feel sorry for myself at the same time. But uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to watch TNA and I'm going to hope that they do change the error of their ways. Yeah. Because, <laughs> because I tell you right now, um, the way that um, it ended, I want to leave that right alone, and I'll rip into that next week. I mean, I know people are, are listening in, if they're still listening, to hearing my thoughts where it goes from here, the fallout. Yeah. yeah. But seriously, really seriously, I could make you up a, a better story as to where this should have gone to and where it is going to go as to what we got, folks. Mm-hmm. And... With that word, we're going to go for another break and we'll come back for our last segment and we're gone. Okay, yeah, we're back with the last segment, which is the news, and um, we'll get ready to get out of here. Uh, so I'll look at the latest news, and this is from headlockstoheadlines.com. That's headlockstoheadlines.com. And the guys over there um, have great news. They'll keep you up to date with everything. And uh, I'll look down the page and I'll read um, anything interesting. Not that it all is. Um, We've got... We've got John Cena over the summer. We've got a story here about John Cena. I know John Cena. 
as if you haven't heard or not. And this comes out of the source of the Wrestling Observer newsletter. As of this weekend, John Cena is not booked for any match at WWE's Money in the Bank pay-per-view on July 15th. What, really? Yeah. A source does not expect Cena to be added to the Raw Money in the Bank ladder match either. The latest word on Cena's SummerSlam plans is that he will be going after WWE Champion CM Punk in the co-main event. WWE reportedly be focusing on Cena, Punk and Brock Lesnar versus Triple H as the SummerSlam main events. This year, oh, okay, it's a, it's like a, um, a co-main event. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, Cena and Punk. Um, again, and then you've got Brock Lesnar versus Triple H. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's sort of like a match where you've got them as a co, um, main event. I don't know if that will pan out. That is just the, the news, how they say it. Yeah. Um, um, about- did you hear anything interesting? Um, I heard about Alberto Del Rio reportedly threatened to quit WWE. Oh, yes, I heard about that too. Mm. Um, yeah, he's not too happy with the way things are going. You know, that guy there, when I first heard about him, he knows his politics well, mm-hmm. and he's he's moving up the ladder in the back there. Mm-hmm. But sooner or later, you have to change tactics and get with the reality of the business, and it's not a nice nice world out there folks and um i think he's finding that out right now um to be honest uh you know um is there anything else you wanted to talk about in a new section i know it's horribly short and we don't mention that much but the fact of the matter is people you can go out there and get it yourself unless it's really really newsworthy uh, like i heard like um Y2J could be coming back as a face. Things like that. That would be interesting if he did. Yeah, yeah. And um, I've got one here. It says uh, Scott Hall did not appear as advertised that day for an Outsiders reunion at the Frank and Son collectible show <laughs> in California. <laughs> he must have been at the pub again. <laughs> mm. Yeah, well, um, is that newsworthy? You know, I like the I like the guy. I really miss the way he used to be, but I mean, just as he is now, I don't think. You know, I know bookers know that they shouldn't book him, mm-hmm. but they want their shows to get over, and they do book him. I understand from that perspective. Yeah. But really, guys, don't come on. Let the guy sort himself out, and then you know, hopefully, he comes back to us. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, so, uh, anything else you want to talk about on the news? Um, no, I don't think there's anything. Um. Not that I can see anyway. Did we talk about Chris Jericho maybe coming back as a face, sort of? Yeah, you mentioned it. Ah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, sorry, I have amnesia. Um, what about if you pan down some new news? Is there anything? 
There isn't, eh? Really, um, if, no, if you would nothing. like to talk about the news, I can do that in the commuter's edition. And yep. actually, I will. We have a commuter's edition of this show, and I hope you listen to it. I will cover all the news in that for you. How's that sound? Okay, let's get with the housekeeping of the show. And I'm going to get Linz to sort us out there before we go out of here. Okay. These are the places you can find us and get in touch with us. Uh, we've got wrestlingweekinreview at gmail.com. That's all in lowercase, just in case you want to send us an so, email about the show. Wrestling Week in Review, where they can yes. send us an email, maybe yep. talk about the show. Yep. Yeah, okay, yeah, that's great. Um, you, can, yeah, you can find us on Twitter at WWIR. Yeah, um, their Twitter account has just started, so yeah. maybe if you come and join... Um, don't be upset that it isn't running. We, we're just new. I want to put that out there to everybody. We're just new. But I know we have listeners because um, you can pick us up off the iTunes. So if you would like to even give us a review, stars or whatever, on iTunes and subscribe, yep. that would really help us out. That would be great. Yep. We've even got a page, um, Linz, you want to say yep. that? We've also got a page on Facebook as well, which is called, um, ironically, it's called Wrestling, Wrestling Week in Review. Okay. Yeah, and yep. where you can like. If, if you know. Yeah, you can like. And there's also a group you can join as well in there if you want to join other wrestling fans. Yeah, yeah and talk about the show uh, yep. for the week. Yeah. Um, and we're on, we're on iTunes now as well, so you can subscribe to our iTunes yeah, you can podcasts. subscribe to iTunes, uh, our yep. podcast, which is this show here. Yep. And um, I think, yeah, just just get back to us. Leave us a message um, in, in the Gmail column. If you want mm -hmm. it read out, you know, something that you want to say about the show or you liked or didn't like or you have a query, hey, go to the Facebook, drop it down and talk about it. We're here um, to do the show every week. And um, you can reach us through the email, that's wrestlingweekinreview at gmail.com, or you can go to the Facebook and find us there. Or the Twitter, or wherever. The, the Twitter, the thing, well, would have to grow a little more. Like I said, mm -hmm. we're just new. Um, feel free to follow us. Um, hopefully we get enough followers or however it goes. Yep. And we'll go up from there. But, yeah, I'm signing off right now. This is Nate. And I'm Linda. And, yeah, what song do you want to hear, Linda? Oh, put me on the spot. Any song or a wrestling theme or whatever? Yeah, well, I want a song. I'll open with a wrestling theme. We'll... Okay, um, maybe, oh, I'm not sure. I don't know. Really? Yeah. Okay, I'll pick this one. Okay, good night, everybody. This was Wrestling Week in Review, and thanks for listening. Goodbye. Yeah.